Thank you for listening to Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon for Sunday, September 20th, 2020, from First Love Podcast at the First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Warren is in his third week of Prayer Transform series. This week's sermon title is Mold Me. Our first scripture reading is from Psalms 119, 129, and 133. Second scripture reading is from Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. Our special music is a handbell choir playing Joyful, Joyful, We Adore You. We pray that you have a safe and healthy, peaceful week. God bless. Our Old Testament lessons, the first one being from Psalm 119, verses 129 to 133. Let us listen to the word of God. Your decrees are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light, it imparts understanding to the simple. With open mouth I pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your custom toward those who love your name. Keep my steps steady according to your promise, and never let iniquity have dominion over me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Even though we cannot sing in person, music still rings out and is very beautiful. Thank you. Our next scripture reading comes to us from Jeremiah, chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done, says the Lord, just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but I like to be in control. I literally like to be in the driver's seat. Our culture teaches us rugged individualism, so most of us aspire to be in control, right? Then something like this pandemic happens, and it becomes very clear that we have little control over many things. Even though we want it and try everything to have it, we are not in control. Now, we could own this, but most of us don't, so we end up controlling the little things we can. That's why I like to sit in the driver's seat. But I know in the back of my mind that control, especially in that driver's seat, is just an illusion. Today, we're in the third week of our four-week series on how prayer transforms. We are not controlled by the world but rather by God, our Creator. A big part of prayer, especially transformation in prayer, is allowing God to shape and mold us into disciples and servants, being shaped and molded in such a way that we share God's love with one another, where we can ask God to make us into God's hands and feet, in a world that's finite and broken. In today's Bible story, we're transported with Jeremiah to a potter's house where Jeremiah watches this potter working the clay and he watches the clay get spoiled in the potter's hand. Eventually, the potter reworks the spoiled clay into another vessel and makes it good. It's a striking metaphor, one in which we can vividly imagine God as the potter Israelites as the clay. Now, it's important to understand what's happening in this moment of history. The Israelites are in Babylonian exile. I don't know if we can truly understand how difficult exile could be. For earlier, the Israelites had eaten the nectar of other gods, the ways of the world, and its sweetness had taken them far away from God. If you remember, many prophets had warned the Israelites As the Israelites ignored God, in response, God ignores them. They're conquered, 
by the Babylonians and taken from their homes. The most skilled Israelites are living in a foreign land. They're forced to serve their conquerors, to deny their very customs, to follow other gods. All this while being exiled. In a sense, the Babylonians pulled the rug out from under the Israelites. The world, for them, would never be the same. While in exile, God calls a young prophet, Jeremiah, to share God's word. And he goes to a potter's house for this lesson. Now, this makes me think about other things in life. What else has our world crafted and molded and shaped? Many years ago, we were watching the Academy Awards, and Dina Menzel, the Broadway star who plays Elsa in Disney's Frozen. You all know this song, right? She was singing Let It Go live on stage. And somehow, Siobhan and I were both surprised at how different it sounded from the radio. It just, she didn't hit all the notes, it seemed. And it wasn't until Siobhan and I watched recently a documentary on Frozen 2 uh, that we found out why it sounded so different from the recording we heard. In this documentary, each singer performed each song at least 20 times. And then they would splice the perfect parts from each of those 20 into the most perfect song. They basically photoshopped these songs to make it digitally perfect. Disney has perfected the art of creating perfection. It's Disney-fied, right? Or to go with today's metaphor, it's Disney-molded. It happens on television shows and movies, take after take after take, and then the editor splices it all together until it's perfect. The world has done much more molding and crafting than just what's on television shows and movies, though. It's molded us into knowing what success looks like, right? It's molded the perfect job and the perfect life and the perfect family, what they should be. And since we're Americans, we're trying to live the American dream, we seek that molding. We try to have it all. And we, get up, we end up getting molded by the world's expectation, getting shaped by our job and our boss's expectations, getting shaped and molded by the world's definition of success. We've been crafted and shaped by our world, and we become controlled by the very world, giving us this illusion it's fake. It's not real. Now, while we haven't experienced exile, when something like this pandemic happens, it feels like a rug has been pulled out from under us. In an instant, our sense of normal is no longer normal anymore. And much like the Israelites in exile and captivity, we become spoiled, clay, crafted, and controlled by the world. 
In our Bible story, Jeremiah asks God whether they'll ever follow God's ways. He gets down to business. He asks God. Jeremiah's task over and over again is to remind the Israelites that God is the potter and we are the clay. Not the world. When the clay is in the potter's hands, the potter knows precisely how the clay is supposed to feel. Every potter knows how to make a plate where the peas stay where they're supposed to. A good potter makes pitchers that hold water and a teapot. When you hold the handle, it doesn't get too hot. If it's incorrect, the potter reworks the clay and begins their craft anew. When we keep reading in Jeremiah, we discover that eventually the Israelites are willing to let go of their ways, the world's ways, and to eventually be shaped and molded not by the world any longer, but by God and to follow God's ways. God doesn't push the Israelites or coerce them to following God's ways. God allows them to spoil again and again and again. God continues to rework that clay until they're ready to be molded and crafted and shaped by God. In the 29th chapter, we hear God say through Jeremiah, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God the potter redeems the spoiled clay out of exile, rescuing the Israelites from captivity and giving them a future with hope and with love. So we signed up to find out what prayer is like, right? And I haven't spoken a single word about prayer yet. So we look to the book of prayers, to the Psalms. We read in Psalm 119 that God's decrees are wonderful. The unfolding of God's words give light. It's in this Psalm we discover turning toward God. As spoiled clay in the potter's hand is turned into a new vessel, it's as if verses 132 to 133 becomes their prayer. If you have a chance, look at it. It says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your custom toward those who love your name. Keep my steps according to your promise, and never let iniquity have dominion over me. The Israelites discovered the world molded them into something spoiled. But God gives us a future with hope and love, a desire to follow God's ways, which are much different from the world. As hard as this pandemic has been and continues to be, in some weird way, it has given us a gift 
It shows us the real colors of this world. It shows us that as much as the world tries to shape and mold us, this world cannot bring hope. It cannot share love like our God. The world's expectations become an illusion. We discover it becomes photoshopped and digitally enhanced. It gives us false senses of control. It's fake. It isn't real. If we are to learn anything from the Israelites in their exile, as we are in the midst of this pandemic, is to turn toward God, the potter, to turn to prayer, and to ask God to shape and mold us into followers of Christ. One scholar says, In prayer we can lay before God absolutely anything that is in our hearts, yet our main desire should always be to submit ourselves to the will of God and to consider that for which we pray, in light of what directions we believe God desires are, does my prayer lead toward justice or peace or mercy? Does it help another person? Is my prayer only for my own glory or benefit? Jesus shows us that doing God's will is our highest priority and purpose in life, and that in prayer, we should always seek God's will. In the late 12th century, Giovanni was born in Italy. He lived the high-spirited life typical of a wealthy young man. His father nicknamed him Francesco. He's a handsome, witty, and delighted in fine clothes. One time, when he was selling his father's clothes and velvet in the marketplace, a beggar came to him asking him for alms. This wealthy young man was so moved by this beggar that he ran after the beggar and he gave everything belonging in his pockets. His father was not very happy with him when he returned. A few years later, after being a prisoner of war and after illness that almost took his life, he reevaluated his life. Somehow it was in the very depths of his being when he discovered he lost his taste for the worldly ways. Instead, he threw it all away. Instead, spent time with the poor. Spent time in lonely places seeking God's will. It was in a country chapel. Francesco had a mystical vision where Christ said to him, Francis, Francis, go and repair my house which is falling into ruins. He gave up his wealth to pursue his faith more fully. Francis adopted the simple tunic worn by peasants. His way of life struck a chord with others and they followed the primitive rule. 
which was to follow the teaching of our Lord Jesus and to walk in his footsteps. A few years later, the Pope endorsed the Franciscan order for Francis and the friars who followed him. He and his followers helped shape the church, and it still exists to this day. His name is St. Francis of Assisi. He offered a prayer written centuries ago that's still relevant to each one of us today. It's a prayer asking God to make us instruments of peace. It's in our bulletin. In a few moments, we will say this prayer together in unison. It is our prayer of the day. Many of you saying this prayer will know this prayer. This is our call to pray to God the Father, the potter, asking God to mold us as God's followers and making us instruments God molds us and shapes this spoiled clay that the world has tried to mold into something beautiful and loving. What is God calling you to do? Maybe this pandemic has been a wake-up call and has pulled the rug out from under you. This is our opportunity to be reshaped and remolded by God. What is God calling me to do? I ask you to make this prayer of St. Francis of Assisi your prayer. Cut it out. Tape it to your bathroom mirror. Put it wherever you will see it every day. For God's desire is to shape and mold us into a good vessel. One that's real not fake, one that lives into hope and peace and love for one another. What is God's call for me? Maybe you'll follow the way of St. Francis Assisi. That's not your call. Your call is to live into being your full self. The one Christ shapes us into being. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love, from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution, through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870 870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.com.
www.office.org. That's O F F I C E at F I R S T P R E S J A X dot O R G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday services, which start at 9:55 a.m. on Sunday, at www.facebook.com/slash. First Pres Jacks. That's www.facebook.com slash First Pres Jacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761. 3822271153 Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then Press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.